Kia ora and welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. One that not only supports you and your family financially, but one that gives you the freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm taking the many lessons learnt over the last two decades of running my own business and working with hundreds of clients to bring you what's working now conversations. I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you real stories from real people, including myself. We're going to talk about everything from how to get clarity on your vision, creating systems so you can automate and delegate, how to hire a kick-ass team that creates raving, returning and referring clients. We're even going to talk about how to kick those limiting beliefs to the curb so that you can flourish in your business. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, an Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewist and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well, and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. Good friend, and welcome back to Business Your Way. This is episode 106, and I am back at the mic this week. I hope you've enjoyed the last couple of weeks as my podcast team took over the podcast. I know I was super interested to see which episodes that they would pick, but now knowing that pick, I don't think I was super surprised knowing each of their personalities, but they were goody episodes, if I must do say so myself. So I hope you've enjoyed them. But I also want to ask you for a favor because I'm looking for new guests to bring to the podcast. So if you're a female service owner or a female service-based business owner with a small team, then reach out to me. I'd love to have a chat with you right here on the podcast. Or if you know of an amazing small business owner, then tell me about them so I can reach out to them, have a conversation and invite them along to the podcast. Also, if there are any topics or questions that you would like me to answer here on the podcast, because I'm sure if you've got that question, others have also got that question, then drop me a voice message using the Ask Me link in the show notes. Okay, this week I want to come at you raw and real. Have you ever heard of the strategy that says that You shouldn't talk about your open wounds. You should only talk about your scars when it comes to sharing your content online. And I don't want to completely call BS on that strategy because there are, there's definitely value in the lessons that we've learned. And the lessons that we've learned is because we've got those scars. So when we sit down and really reflect on those moments in our business that were open wounds, and now we can reflect on them as being scars, you know, these these are our battle wounds that we've built up over time being in business, because maybe we just didn't know what we didn't know, right? And maybe things blindsided us. Whatever it was, we go through lots of ups and downs in business. 
But today I want to come at you raw and real with one of the situations that I'm trying to navigate in my business right now. So you could call this the open wound. I am still navigating my way through it. I'm still trying to work out what I need to do to manage it well and in order to, I don't even know how to say this, in order to be able to predict what's going on in my business and I can see what's coming down the pipeline. So today's episode, I want to talk about capacity. At some stage in all service-based business owners in our business, we're going to have to deal with the issue of capacity. And whether that is when you are starting out and there's just you and you are working long hours and all day and night in order to keep up with the demand that you've currently got. Or whether you've got a small team and everyone is stretched and potentially quality is being compromised, this is because of this thing called capacity. And capacity, yes, it's for all businesses. All businesses have got to assess their capacity and grow accordingly. But in a service-based business, our capacity is based on our time, and our time is a limited resource. Now, capacity issues at its core are the challenges and the bottlenecks that arise when a service-based business finds itself stretched too thin. It's that point in your business when the demand for your services exceeds your ability to meet that demand efficiently as well as maintaining a high quality that your clients have become to expect from you, but while you're not working long hours or days of the night or you are constantly in that hustle mode of working long hours to get the work done, to meet the client demand and produce the quality work. And I don't know about you, but have you ever outsourced services to someone who is starting out in their business and then been with them as they've gone through some growth? I know that I have, and you can definitely tell when that growth phase begins in that business. And my example is we use graphic designers in our event business because every event needs graphics, right? And so one year I chose to work with a relatively young new graphic designer. She was amazing and I got all of her attention because we were just one of only a handful of clients that she had as she was starting out in her business. The quality of work was incredible, but the attention to detail and the level of communication and care was like we were her only client. And then there was a bit of, you know, growth in that business. So we saw our turnaround times become longer and the amount of communication became less. Still, great work, great quality, but just that slight shift, I could tell that the demand on her time was starting to outweigh the amount of hours that she had in a day to actually give 200% to all of her clients. 
So we were still getting like 150% for what we were engaging her to do, what we were engaging her business to do, the quality of the work that was being delivered to us and the time frame it was being delivered, it was still 150%. But you know it's that point when you notice the difference. And that, if it hasn't already happened to your business, it will happen to your business because this challenge often becomes apparent during periods of growth. You might be experiencing an influx of new clients or larger contracts. And while that growth is a sign of your success, it can also be that double-edged sword. So on one hand, you're thinking to yourself, yes, this is working. Finally, I'm making my sales, my marketing and sales process. It's working for me. I am being successful with more of my proposals and I'm securing more clients. And if you're getting your proposals right, you're securing more clients, but without the extra work. But you know, at the same time, it can sneak up on you and lead to overworking or overstressed employees. And sometimes the clients become a little bit unhappy, which in turn can't be great for your reputation. But the solution to this problem in your business, which all service providers are going to face this problem, the solution isn't as simple as just hiring more help or getting a new resource or whatever that one thing might be. Like the capacity issue isn't a simple fix because there's a whole string of other considerations like Do I employ for the current need that I have or do I employ for my future need? What is the final impact of me bringing another person on with future need in mind? But I don't know what that future need is. It's so unpredictable. What if this growth slows down and I can't afford a team the size that I have? All of these questions go through your mind and This is not an endless list of questions. These are the ones that just came up the top of my mind because these are what I've been thinking about as I've been trying to solve my capacity issue, which is why I'm saying it's not a simple issue. It's not as simple as hiring someone because when you hire new staff, you always know that there is a period where they're not that helpful and it actually takes more work or more of your time to bring that new person into the team and onboard them. So I know for my event business, it usually takes three months to fully onboard a new team member. And that requires my time because our business, that we've got systems and processes and software and tools and that can't be learned in a day. It takes time for for the tools to be really understood the way that we use them in our business. So it usually takes about three months to onboard someone new into my business so they understand the tools we have, the process and the systems we use in order to deliver our services to a client. But it's probably not until that 12-month mark where my new team members fully feel confident in our business and their position in the business. So when we have a capacity issue, hiring to fix the current capacity issue isn't an easy fix. 
And now this can be different for your business, depending on what your business does, the type of work that you do, the type of projects you work on. So every business is, you know, really individual. But I know for an event business, which probably also for a project business or for a consulting type business, it's probably the same, whereby the tools that you have, the systems, the processes that you work with your clients on, it will take a new team member time to get up to speed. So it's a juggling act. And we all know that, right? Business is just one big juggling act. But this issue of capacity is something that I'm thinking about right now in my business. Capacity is my big fat open wound. And I'm talking about this to you in real time, which means I'm still working through what a solution looks like. But part of me knew that I was going to have these capacity issues in this half of the year, which is what led me to reducing the new podcast episodes from weekly to every two weeks. And for the past two weeks, I've had my podcast team help me out by recording the intros to their favorite episode because I simply haven't had the capacity to dedicate to the podcast like I have had previously. Because in my business, in my event business right now, I am more hands on the tools than I would usually be. And that I really want to be at this stage in my business. But I knew that this half of the year, the second half of 2023, was going to require me to be more hands-on than hands-off. We've got more demand on all of our time. And whilst I have brought new people into the team, again, it's still requiring me to be hands-on with those new people, get them up to speed before then I can step back again. So in some ways I could say I could see it coming, but did I really know how to assess it? And did I really know what to do about it? Or did I really understand how much of a capacity issue that we were going to have and that we are currently having? Which again, this is my big fact open wound that I'm sharing with you. I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favor. If you are loving this podcast and this episode, I would be grateful if you could share it with a friend. Or even better yet, jump over onto Instagram and share it on your stories. Don't forget to tag me, I'm sandrajulian.co. That really is the best way for others to find out about this podcast, and I thank you in advance. Alrighty, back to the episode. So let's move on to maybe what I've learned so far, and what I've been working on is assessing capacity. I think this has been my biggest learning curve. You know, and I've been in business a long time. And yes, I've had capacity issues before in my business, but I don't think that I have put the time into solving the problem, not of capacity, but solving the problem of knowing how to assess capacity. So those are two different things, right? There's one, you've got a capacity issue. You can work through how to deal with that. You can put a Band-Aid on it and it will go away, but it will come back again. But if you dive deeper into really understanding 
how you assess capacity in your business, I think this is solving the problem. Not to say that you'll never have capacity issues in your business, but working out how to assess your capacity is going to give you the data and the tools in order to see it coming down the pipeline. So what I've been working with lately in my business is implementing tools to help me assess my capacity, the capacity of my team. And this is complex, like it is really complex. It's not a simple answer, believe me, because I have been to Auntie Google and I have searched the interwebs and I've downloaded some free tools and there's one thing that they have in common and that is that they only look at the problem from one angle. So when I downloaded some of the capacity calculators, they made presumptions that I had consistent work, that I was working with X number of clients consistently. So when one project finished, that I had another client waiting to fill that spot. So all of the capacity calculators, all of the variables that you put into those calculators, they all presume that there's some consistency in your business. And that's just not the case with all businesses. We don't all make a consistent growth trajectory. It's not like we are... We're on the upward angle if you're looking at a bar graph. So our line on the bar graph isn't consistently going up and up and up and up. It's a bit like the bar graphs on sharesies when you look at your your investments in shares and in businesses. It is up and down and up and down and up and down and big dips and big down. You know, it's all over the show. I think capacity is like that too. Our business isn't consistent. You can't turn it on to... You know, it's not like turning the heater on to, you know, on the dial, turning it to 20 and you're going to get a consistent heat. Business is just not like that. And I think working with clients, providing services, this isn't a linear business model. Although I don't think any business model is linear, to be honest. But let's take my event business, for example. I don't have clients waiting to work with me. Clients aren't going to wait for my next available spot to open up for them to come into. They have an event and they usually have an idea of when they want to host that event. And if I don't have the capacity, then they're just going to move along and they're going to find someone who does. They're not going to wait for me to be available to help them. And as an event business, our business is seasonal meaning that for three months of the year, we don't have any events to deliver, no one is working on their events. So when you put this into the mix of helping me assess my capacity, you can automatically see how complex that is. And your business might be the same. You know, and it's Not like we don't know this about our business. Whatever the business model that you have, whatever the business industry that you work with, we all know these little nuances of our business. And so my business has been like this for many years, three months of the year, it's quiet, we literally go on holiday. But then for the other months of the year, we are at capacity or we are stretched for capacity. There are moments when we are just it's great, we're able to do our best work and we don't have a lot of pressure or stress. Those moments are great, but they are few and far between. And I've always known this about my business, but I have never actually sat down to solve the problem of knowing how to assess my capacity. 
because I think it's been too big. It has been a big problem that I think I've always brushed off as I don't have time. I will fix the current problem and then I will keep moving. I will fix the current problem and I will keep moving. And so in order to stay in momentum and keep moving, you just tackle what's in front of you and you keep moving. But this time, I'm really interested in how I how I get to the bottom of it, how I can look at, how I can solve this problem once and for all. And I actually don't think I'm going to solve it once and for all, but by looking at how I learn to assess capacity and see ahead of time when I'm going to have a capacity issue, that is going to be more helpful to me than just fixing what's in front of me and keeping moving. Because ultimately, you want to see what's coming down the pipeline in your business. You want to see ahead of time when you can expect to have capacity issues. Then you can deal with that specific capacity issue. You might decide for one month you are going to be stretched thin. So your strategy might be to have a conversation with the team and just get the team to work some extra hours or be available and it's just a short stint of time and then after that then they maybe can take some time off or things will slow down and you'll be back to normal. So that is one strategy. Another strategy is to get some extra help in for that particular period. Look at where you need assistance. Can someone help you? Sometimes the answer is no. (laughs) But what other parts of the business could you get help in to free up? the reallocation of resources to where the capacity is needed. So there are many ways to think about how you deal with a capacity issue in the now moment. But I think the the bigger problem of learning how to assess capacity in order that you can see it coming down the pipeline will allow you to plan much more effectively for those busy times than finding yourself in the midst of those busy times and struggling and compromising quality or client connections or whatever that is. So I want to share with you the tools that we've had implemented in our business, but how I am now thinking about them as tools to help me assess the capacity and see what's coming down the pipeline. So first of all, I think service-based businesses need a time tracking tool. As a service-based business, we are ultimately selling our time, and this is a finite resource. So despite what type of pricing model you are using, at the end of the day, you are selling your time if you are a service-based business. So you want to understand how everyone's time is being used. And the best way to do that is to have everyone track their time. And there are many time tracking tools available to you. Next is that you want to job track. So this could be project tracking, job tracking. They're the same, same. I think about them the same way. But depending on how you work with clients, you might think of it as job tracking because it's ongoing. You might think of it as project tracking because they're one-off projects. But you want to understand how much time it is taking to deliver the service that you are contracted for. Highly likely you already know or you already have an idea of for this project for the client, 
it should take me 100 hours. My pricing is all kind of based on this 100 hours, might be value pricing, you're not charging an hourly rate, but essentially it's 100 hours that you're basing the job on. So you want to track, did we deliver that job within the 100 hours? So if your people are time tracking, they're allocating their time to a job and then you're tracking, are we delivering within the expected number of hours for a job? And then the next tool that I'm using, and this is more about understanding the capacity within my team, is to have benchmarks for your team members for chargeable hours and non-chargeable hours. So depending on the role of each individual team member, their chargeable hours might be high. They might be around that 80% mark. Others might be lower at the 50% mark. But understanding what is the total number of available hours your team has to deliver the client services is crucial. Because you've sold your projects or you've sold your services to your client based on a number of hours. And those number of hours are chargeable hours by your team. So you want to understand of the 80 hours that you have in your team, because you employ two full-time people in your team, of those 80 hours, how many of those hours are chargeable? So if each person is, I don't know, 80% chargeable hours, they might have 32 hours of their week might be chargeable or are chargeable. So you need to work that out for yourself because that matters how many chargeable hours your team has to work on the jobs that you're being contracted to deliver. The other thing that I'm tracking to are deliverables. So knowing how the hours of a job break down over the duration of the job. So this is why I've called it deliverables, want for a better word. So when you're working on multiple jobs at once, you have to understand how many hours per week each job requires of you or your team. So this is something to track over time per job. So this is what I'm currently working on at the moment. I've devised this spreadsheet that tells me how many chargeable hours I have across my team And then for each event project that we've got on, what are the deliverable hours, what are the hours that we need to deliver on each and every week over the duration of our engagement? So if our engagement is six months and we've got 400 hours across that six months, how does that break down weekly? Some weeks we've got some milestones, so those weeks are going to be heavier than in hours. So it's not just a matter of dividing the 400 hours by six months and putting those evenly across weeks. You have to think about what is the work that's going to be delivered over that six-month period, where are the intensive times and where are the low times, and you need to allocate hours accordingly. So this has been super helpful for me to see what a project looks like in deliverable hours over the duration that we've engaged for. So that's another element that goes into assessing capacity. And then there's productivity. Now this is the key underlying player in the capacity game. 
because in order for your team to keep to the number of hours that they're contracted to or that they work for you, so if they're a 40-hour work week, they need to be able to keep their work within those hours. And you also need to keep your jobs on track. So for the jobs that you are delivering, they need to stay within the expected number of hours for that particular job. So not only do your people need to have good productivity habits, but your systems and processes need to be geared towards helping your team be as productive as they can. So they can work within the hours of their employment arrangement and they can work within the hours that the job has been contracted for, if that all makes sense. I hope that made sense to you. So I think all of these variables, there is one, two, three, four, five variables, the time tracking, the job tracking, knowing the difference between chargeable and non-chargeable hours and what that benchmark is, what are the deliverables for a job over the duration that you're engaged for, and then the productivity level of the team that contributes to their chargeable, non-chargeable and job tracking hours, all of this has got to go into the pot for you to be able to assess capacity. Well, it's all of the things that I'm putting into the pot at the moment to help me work out how to assess my capacity and if I put all of these things into my pot, am I able to predict Am I able to predict when my business is going to have some capacity issues? And what can I do about that now so I am prepared for that capacity situation when it arises? So that's my goal. I'm not there yet. I don't have any reflections to give you other than I am pretty confident that I've got all of the right ingredients that need to go into assessing capacity or into my capacity assessment. I believe I've got all the right tools and it is complex. These are moving dynamics all the time, but I have to look at them regularly. I have to really understand them. So as I share like today's episode with you and I say to you, I don't have any answers I'm really just telling you what I'm up to, what my current issue is, and what are the things I believe I need to work on in order to get better at this. So today, I don't have any action steps for you, but I do hope by sharing what I'm working on right now as I'm trying to solve the capacity issue for my business, that I have helped you in some way as well. So in closing, the path to seamless growth in your service-based business begins with working out how to get some foresight on what's coming down the pipeline. By implementing strategies like time tracking, job tracking, understanding chargeable hours, mapping out the deliverables and boosting your team's productivity, you're not just assessing capacity, you're able to anticipate it. And that's what I'm hoping to do by working on these. These are all my work in progress at the moment, but I believe that I'm on track. I believe I'm on the right track. I believe I simply need to work with these variables more and more and more and understand them deeply and much more deeper than I currently do. 
understand what are the benchmarks for my business and then be able to use them as my crystal ball. Be able to look at them and read them effectively and know in a month time, in two months time, towards the end of the year, in September, whatever that forward thinking future state of my business is going to look like. I hope by doing this work right now that I will be able to use my capacity assessment as a crystal ball to manage growth in my business a lot better than I'm doing right now. So as we were depart, I want you to remember as you navigate the dynamic world of entrepreneurship, being proactive and managing your business's capacity is the key to delivering exceptional service, keeping your team engaged and achieving the growth that you envision. So here's to staying ahead of the curve and I can't wait to see how these insights help shape your journey. Keep those dreams big, your plans sharp and always working in alignment with your vision. Until next time my friend, take care and make your business soar to the next level. Before you go today, I want to thank you for being here and listening all the way to the end. All the links to this week's episode can be found in the show notes and you can read a full blog of the episode at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button and get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you'd like to reach out to me and chat about anything on today's episode or any of the previous episodes on the podcast, then I've got a link in the show notes so you can leave me a voice message or a video message. I really do look forward to hearing from you. Alrighty, have a productive week and I will talk to you again real soon.